Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades podcast, episode 240. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And on this week's show, we're talking IT with a man who has been doing it at his company for more than 16 years. I've got Liam Keegan. Liam is the owner and the founder of 24-7 Networks, an awesome company based here in Denver. And he also happens to be the older brother of my friend Mackenzie. So Liam and I hadn't spent a ton of time together. We knew who each other were. We were always friendly, but it's like, hey, you know what? Let's sit down. Let's talk about your business, especially now because he's stepped away from day-to-day operations. And on this week's show, we talk about why. We talk about the formation of the company all those many years ago and what led to him taking the entrepreneurial leap. And then we talk about when it's time to step aside, when it's time to move away. And by his own admission, and I think a little bit to his chagrin, he said, I think everyone's a little bit happier now that I'm gone. I'm focusing on the big picture because my heart is in the tech side. Running a company, much different skill set. And if you want to level up, you got to hand the reins off to someone else. It's a terrific chat. He's a funny, interesting, very insightful dude. And I adored this chat greatly. And since I'm talking to one entrepreneur, let's talk about two others. The first one, Zach Knaus. He is the founder of Four Degrees. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. As you know, if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, they are my sponsor and I'm proud to have them. If you're doing things on the online space, I'm not talking about infrastructure or IT like I am with 24-7 Networks. I'm talking about campaigns, social media marketing, online advertising, building a website, building your coalition. If you're trying to reach people in the online space, Four Degrees can do it for you more effectively than just about anyone out there. They are winning awards for their campaigns. They are building their team. They are in Denver. They are in D.C. So whether you are a good, a service, a candidate, any kind of campaign, and you want to reach people in the digital sphere, Four Degrees is the firm that you need to contact. So check them out on the web. It's the number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Also like to give a quick shout to my business, Deft Communications. Deft is responsible for the production of this podcast. And not just this podcast, I've got three brand new podcasts that I am producing launching this month. So if you're in the podcast space, if you're looking to produce a podcast, I can help you conceptualize a show and then get it ready for public consumption. That's right. So we can do concepting. I can do the technical side of the production. I can help you get your show on wheels. That's just a small portion of what I do at Deft Communications, but an important one and a growing one. So if you're interested in producing a podcast, hit me up. It's D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. So slate of entrepreneurs here right at the front end of this show. It's fantastic. It's what we do here and why I'm proud to bring this show to you every single week. Well, not every week, but most weeks, including this one. So episode 240 is Liam Keegan, the founder and the owner of 24-7 Networks, and his episode starts right now. The cloud, whatever that means, has, has <laughs> fundamentally 
changed people's perception of what technology is, right? Back when I when I started the the comeuppance, it, it was it was technology was like it was work to like put in and there was this appreciation or this like oh you've got the you've got the technology guys doing the thing right and a lot of like hardware right it was a lot of hardware a lot of like you know nerds in a room with 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 laptops and like don't talk don't touch the nerds kind of thing and and really what what's happened is is the cloud sort of that perception of cloud has has changed to where companies like amazon and microsoft when they sell technology they sell it in bite-sized increments you you pay for it's it's like it's like Shopping at a mini bar, right? You know that if you want a Jack and Coke, the Jack is going to cost you six bucks, and the Coke right. is going to cost you four, and and it's 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 that's what you get, and so that's what technology is really turning into. There's not the appetite anymore for people to figure it out. It just has to work, especially in the infrastructure <laughs> business, like I'm in. Okay. Um, so when you say it just has to work, you said people used to like to figure it out, um, and I think about. When I was going to college, so this was like 20 years ago, uh-huh. right? And my, you know, I'm Jamie. Yeah. Like, um, so Jamie bought this custom like Alienware, you know, full on sure. desktop computer. It was like three grand, but he like picked all the components. You know, he was picking like the graphics card and the sound card yep. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is there still people doing that kind of thing? And on an enterprise scale, or is it all just plug and play now? Is that what you're describing to me? So I, I, I think I, I think it's a little bit of both, right? And it, it this this business, and especially IT and technology, is not a it's not a it's it's not absolutes, right? It's not everybody does one thing or everybody does another, right? It's it's the pie, and there are the certain the the certain percentage of the pie of, of people that are doing it the legacy way, and then there are the certain percentage of people that are doing it the new way. Okay, and and I think what's happening is over time, like. People don't have time unless it's a hobby or unless it's like, right? We, like here with with twenty four seven, we talk a lot about moving the needle. Like, what moves the needle for people's business? And for a lot of people's business, it's not figuring out what kind of Alienware, you know, right. uh, desktop computer you want and what graphics card. It's like, no, that's not my business. I don't care. I need something that that directly impacts my business, and that's right. not the underlying stuff. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. And so this is Liam Keegan, and we haven't spent a ton of time together. I've spent more time with your younger brother. Yep. Um, so, I mean, we sort of know each other from that universe, but we crossed paths last year when we were thinking about doing some business together. It's funny because in that time, you've transitioned sort of out of a day-to-day role in this company. I have. Okay, so... Tell me about because I if you go on LinkedIn and look you up here, yes, you've, you've had this company for a long, long time, right? Sixteen years. Sixteen years. Yep, that's uh, a remarkable track record. It's some, yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's awesome. I mean, it's, it's 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 an unbelievable it's an unbelievable group of people. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, first of all, let's go back and tell me about starting this company. So that would have been two thousand four, two thousand three, yep. something like that. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. Okay. Um, what led you to start it? And I mean, because making the entrepreneurial leap is always interesting. So, what was your thought process? What niche were you looking to fill? Yeah. So, so I've always called myself kind of the uh, accidental accidental entrepreneur. Okay. Uh, I, I worked for a large consulting company, uh, global global firm, mm-hmm. and they had a presence in Denver. And when we were, oh, so I, I spent basically, uh, I started there. There were about 150 people. And then when I left, there were two, two, two. Yeah, it was me and the other dude. And so, 
and and it, it was kind of interesting because this company that I was with left the market. And so it was almost the accidental, well, hey, if there are still customers here that need to be taken care of, this other company, I mean, Denver was just a rounding error <laughs> right. for them. So it's like, all right, I'll hang out a shingle. And, and really, I mean, for years it was like, you know, a lot of people – you know, there are, there are a lot of different types of entrepreneurs. You know, there are some people that want the next moonshot, you know, that want to be a bajillion dollar. You know, that was never my motivation. It was like, I kind of like doing a good job. I like a customer's, you know, sort of the success was, was followed. And we kind of just grew it sort of, there was never really much of a plan. There was not, right. It, it was just kind of like yeah, some, some guys having fun. Well, I mean, you found joy in the work too. Oh, most definitely. Which, yeah, you're right. I mean, there are people who are sort of serial entrepreneurs and they just like the action and the rhythm of starting something new, building it up and then getting out and starting that process all over again. Yes. And then there are entrepreneurs like you're describing and kind of like me. People ask me what my sort of ultimate goal for my business is. I'm like, I don't know, so I don't have to go work for someone else again. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <They're> my problems. <laughs> I uh, I like doing the work. Um, I like working with clients. I I like how that changes too. Mm-hmm. And so I I relate to that on a very sort of intrinsic level because I'm kind of the same way. That's good. I, I mean, I think you got to find that you got to find that that passion, right? I mean, for years it was like, it was like I always said it's like we were playing business. It was never like a real <laughs> business, and and it was, and and it's it's it it, it never. You know, it's like I think you, you know, when you own a business, it's like you kind of expect, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm business like. It's like no, you know, we just did a good job. We 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 built the 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 thing out, and you know, I mean, it's really, I mean, I'm in the people business, you know, and this is all about the people. You know, it's professional services. So. Did you have that thought like? I can't believe I'm doing this. Like I, I can't. Who is letting me actually run this business? Uh, you know, not I. I mean. Sure, when I look at all the mistakes that I've made. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean it that way. <laughs> no, it, not, not really. I, I mean, it was like I've always had pretty good comfort level of, of, of kind of what we're doing and how we've done it, right? I mean, and, and, and like I've never, I've never sort of doubted that. Uh, it, it's really been more of a just saying, hey, how do you not make the same mistakes over again, mm-hmm. right? How do you not make the same mistake twice? And I think that's been the big thing for 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 me, especially as this as this company is growing, because for years, you know, we were three, four, five, six people, and now we're thirty five. Wow! And and it's it's a massive. I mean, you know, like I said I don't come in every day. I I this is you know the first time I've been here in a week and a half. Nice. And and uh, but but I can only do that because you know I recognize that my my skill set is not growing a company. My skill set is on the technology side, and so there are people here that do a way better job of, of <laughs> running a business than I, I could possibly do. Well, okay, so that leads me to a question. If you were at that level, three, four, five, six, what ultimately facilitated the leap? Like, how did the company grow to be 35? Because that's a good-sized firm, especially compared to when you have a small sort of intimate team. It, it was, I, I think some of it was necessity. I think some of it was being selfish. And I, I think some of it was also market demand, right? So, so out of... You know, like talking about the selfish piece, it was like, it's like, you know, in a small firm, and you know this, mm-hmm. if you're not doing the work, the work's not getting done. Right. Right. And, and, you know, one of the, one of the, the things that we talk about or had talked about a lot is how do, how do two of the, the smart technical people ever go on vacation together? Ah. Or, or at the same time. Sure. Right. And, and so it was kind of like, yeah, you know, at, at some point it was like, all right, we need to make that determination to get some, some talent in here to augment that that that's the, the bench the skill set and you know so that everybody doesn't have to work quite as hard right distribute yeah. that and and i think that that was you know in, in terms of the business changing and in the landscape changing you know that was kind of the necessity is like you know yeah we could have probably done five six people forever mm. but 
you know, then and then it's like, well, I'm, am I working this week? Am I not working this week? And, yeah. And this this business is is it's been kind of it, it, it's sort of an industry of everybody always needs IT, and so you kind of always have to be doing things. Yeah. And, and so just getting complacent. Was, it, yeah. It's it's funny too because. A couple of years ago, I accepted this big subcontracting gig out of a larger communications firm. Uh-huh. And I went in, and I was kind of dreading it because I didn't want to go back in the office. They wanted me in the office like 30 hours a week. Okay. It was a lot. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it was like three quarters time. Sure. And I was doing all my other clients on the side, but I went in there, and so much of the stuff that I take for granted that I have to do every day was just done for me. Like, I didn't have to do any business development. Sure. I didn't have to write any bills. I didn't have to, like, I didn't have to do anything. I just went in and did the work. And what I likened it to was uh, I have this friend who is a musician and a writer, and he said, I really just want to, like, shred the bass in someone else's punk band for a while. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of feel that, too, after doing that. So it's interesting. Like, you scale it up because you get tired of doing every single thing. Like, when there's five of you, you're probably all doing all the jobs. Most definitely. And so now you have more of a division of labor, and you're kind of just shredding the shredding the bass in a cool punk band. It, it, it really, I like, I personally believe, like, there is a sweet spot in terms of a company size, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, you want, like, I, I mean, we do a lot of business with Cisco, right? And they have 60,000 employees or whatever it is. And it's just <laughs> right. like, 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 that's just so big, it's it's. You can't wrap your head around. No, it's unfathomable. That, it's really, unfathomable, right? And kind of, it's it, it's it's interesting. Like we've got this goal around here of like fifty people, fifty million, right? We want mm-hmm. fifty people doing fifty million dollars, and it's like at, at that fifty, and it, the the amount of people that I talk to that say, "Yeah, man, when I work for Company X," because a lot of companies like ours have done that moonshot, right, mm-hmm. and have have gone to a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred people, and then they either dissolve or sell off or fall apart, and it's like right. all it's, all that's left is like a carcass. Yeah, just a husk. Just a husk. It's like okay, well, great, congrats. The the people at the top got paid. You know, I've I've always I've always said, you know, it's like I, I've never I've never had much interest in having you know a, a fleet of private jets and and that like that that moonshot just like it it does nothing for me because then you lose all the magic that makes an organization. Yeah, and and I think that people have the 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 unbelievable talent that we have here is gravitated towards that because a lot of people have just gone through. I mean, you know how it is when you leave big companies. It's like all right, well, I might get riffed, I might not, I yeah. might get. Uh, you know, we might get bought. We might not. It's like you just never know. And, well, so. people always ask me about, you know, the uncertainty of being an entrepreneur and, you know, the sort of eat what you kill mentality and or kill what you eat. What is it? <laughs> eat what you kill. <laughs> eat what you kill. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, look, I got laid off from my corporate gig. Yeah. Anyone can get let go at any time. There's a false sense of security in a lot of cases. I mean, some more than others, obviously. But I think an organization like this size, where you look every other employee in the eye pretty much every day, yeah, that's a little bit different. And when I... So I come from oil and gas, right? Okay. And so those companies will grow and get sold off all the time. All the time. What you'll find is that people like working in an organization of a specific size. So what happened at my company was they would go one tier down to the next operator that was about that size. Yep. Then they'd grow, and then they'd go to the next one down. But So they're kind of staying at the same level of organization, just sliding across different companies. Yep. Really weird, like culture-wise, because when I was at the company that I worked for, it grew quite a bit while I was there. The entire culture changed. It, it does, and 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 I don't think that that's bad. I mean, you know, no, it needs to happen to some extent. 
it, it, you know, 10 years ago, you know, when, when there were six or eight of us, I mean, this was, it was sort of like, well, let's go have a, you know, three martini lunch. It's like, you know, now there's no time for that. And, and I don't think that's bad. I mean, right. <laughs> you know, it, like we're here to work and I think everybody's gotten older and everybody's got families and everybody's got, you know, the, the point of working is to provide for your family, have a good time. But I, you know, to, to your point about the culture, it's like, I've always believed like, I spend more time with the people that I work with, yeah. practically my family. I, I mean, you know, between evenings and weekends, it's like I'm here with with everybody the most. It's like you might as well – you don't <laughs> have to agree and, and you don't always have to see eye to eye with people that you work with. But, boy, you might as well at least like enjoy their company and respect their opinion. And, totally. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like, and, and, and to do that, like I, I think the bar for, for, for achieving that is pretty low, but I think oftentimes – a lot of people fail at that. No, like, yeah, you know, too. it's like you make dumb business decisions like, hey, let me go, you know, whatever it is, right? You know, you just sort of forget that, hey, everybody's people. And, you know, I mean, I think it's harder harder said than done sometimes. But. No, I, I agree. And it's one of those sort of intangible things. You hear that when you read about sports a lot, right? You, sure, sure, sure. What's the locker room like? And who's, right. you know, right. uh, like the Rockies uh, last year, a couple of years ago, like when Carlos Gonzalez was gone and Gerardo Parra. Guys kind of on, you know, more of the downswing of their career, but added this sort of energy and happiness to the, to the clubhouse that the people go, man, we really miss that. The team yeah. doesn't feel the same anymore. Yeah. So, you know, you got to have the glue guys, so to speak. I, I think so. And I, th- I think that having like a couple of things that you guys can, that, that, that an organization can fall, always fall back on, right? As far as, you know, what is that like? I mean, it, it's trite because it gets overused, and, but it's like, you know, what's the mission? What's the vision? What are the values of an organization, yeah. right? And, and what, what, what I think that people, you know, especially, like, I think everybody's just a little bit more jaded these days, right? Because, sure. you know, over the last, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, everybody's in their kind of, you know, late 30s, early 40s, mid 50s, you know, up through that, just been through a couple rounds of layoffs or, you know, mm-hmm. just seen sort of everything go to, go to hell and, 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 <laughs> and come back. And, you know, every, you know, the pendulum always swings. But it's like, I, I think that people know now when an organization is being disingenuous. Sure. Right? When they say, oh, you know, um, you know, whatever it is, if, if philanthropy is such a core value of ours. Well, if it's just done as lip service, it's like, okay, like, I think people like actually appreciate and want and crave like honesty. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, just be forthright. I mean, there are places like, no, we have a flexible work culture. You can work from home and you like, you'll work from home and it's like, why aren't you in here? Yeah, exactly. And you go, well, you got me hopping from one foot to the other here. Yeah. And that's really just unfair. Yeah. What's funny is on your website, you guys, uh, as I don't know if it, if the tab is even called culture, but you have a lot of like value words on there, which is really cool. You know, what we're not TPS reports, right, right, right. corporate, right, that right. kind of thing. One of the words that stood out to me because you don't hear this a lot from an organization, but the word was fearlessness yeah. or fearless. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because that feels like a super intentional choice because it's like right up front. So a, a lot of times in, in technology, especially you hear a, a lot about when things go wrong. Right. Like somebody, somebody or an organization bought something. It didn't go well. Or, you know, like, like where it's just, it, 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 it has a suboptimal. It wasn't the result that they were looking for. Right. And I believe that a lot of that comes from that, like, culture of just sort of saying, you know, the what are you doing for me today culture. Right. right? To say, hey, John, you know, I, I need to sell you something. I got a quota. I got a, you know, you know, that, 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 that like where's the money Lebowski kind mm, of yeah. mentality, right? And 
one of the things that we don't do here is, is like our salespeople don't have quotas, mm-hmm. right? And it's one thing to have goals, which we definitely do. But, but quotas, I, I think, are like – I personally believe they're just like this perverse incentive, right? Right. And, <laughs> and it's like if you're a professional – Right. And you know that your job is to sell and find solutions and do stuff to, you know, help make our customers, customers, you know, more sticky with it, with them. Like, that's the type of thing, like, you, that doesn't need to be micromanaged. Right. Right. And if, if we can make it work so that, like, everybody wins with a, with a, let's get something in for our manufacturers at the end of their quarter, they're hit their numbers and hit, right. But it's like, when, when it comes, becomes unnatural, it's like, that's when I think, problems happen, right? And and going back to what fearless means, it's like fearless is like telling the customer no, right? Like, like the amount of respect I think, and it's, it's really taking a risk, right? Because if they're like, well, no, this is what I want. And you say, no, you know, this is not going to be the best thing. This is not going to be the best thing for you, whatever it is. I I mean, it takes some stones to be able to say, boy, I got, you know, we got some, you know, payroll checks on the line. You know, to be able to do that, but you know, with it, with massive companies, I mean, they don't. Yeah. It, it really is a. It's just kind of a different way of you know approaching things, and and I think that like you can be fearless and and still win, right? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you one hundred percent. And hearing you talk about quotas versus goals, it's interesting to me because goals are like a very positive thing. You cross the finish line, you met your goal, you. Kick yeah. the ball into the goal, whatever, right? Um, that's a, that's a celebratory thing. A quota is almost like uh, a floor that right. you have to get over before yes. you are swallowed up by a fire or something. Like it, a, a quota, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Totally. Like a, a quota is is like punitive, almost like when you think about what its connotation means. It's like you have to hit this level or else, or else, right? And that's kind of you go Ugh, like that. That may, yeah, you're right. It's a perverse incentive. I'd never heard it put that way, but that's a good way of putting it. I, I think that really, if if you can take some of those things, because you know, I think a lot of people will say, "Well, what if somebody doesn't make their goal?" It's like you can what if yourself to death. Exactly, exactly. And there's always outlier cases, right? I mean, in an organization like you know, for instance, Cisco with sixty thousand people, they're always high performers, and yeah, and you're right. There's outlier cases, but. In the words of George Costanza, we're trying to have a society here. <laughs> exactly. Right? exactly. We're, we're trying to build a culture totally. to, to where if you sort of set the expectations like, hey, we're going to work our asses off here, mm-hmm. right? And we're, like that's what is expected of you. The other things will fall into place. But we're going to have a good time. We're going to support each other. And we're all going to get there together. L- let me ask you a question. You own a yeah. business, mm-hmm. right? How often do you work your ass off? Like legitimately like work your ass off? Because like I, I believe that like the bar, I think for everybody is like 70%. If you can produce seventy percent, yeah. just like consistently, you'll 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 destroy everybody else that says they're going to work your, their ass off. That's a great point. Um, if you're working your ass off, you probably have taken on too much work. You're you got the pelican problem. Your eyes are bigger than your or your you know your mouth is bigger <laughs> than your belly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, you're right. Uh, there are times I would say in December I was definitely doing that. Sure. So how often? Like when do I need to throw it into fifth gear? Is, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, God, it's not as frequently as you might think. Like I would say I get more done on my own than I ever got in any company I ever worked for. Sure. Um, so there's an efficiency there and God, you bring up something really interesting because as an entrepreneur, people go, you know, are you working more hours? And I go, no, I'm working smarter hours and I'm working harder during those hours. Yeah. And sometimes those hours manifest themselves at different times, but that's more attuned to my rhythm. Sure. I like that. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I I suppose that's a phrase that's been used to death too. Um, work your ass off. Well, I, I read some article on, on somebody about yeah. where it was like the the whole struggle porn, right? Like you, 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 it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like this voyeuristic, totally. You know, you want to like, oh, you know, John's really struggling. You know, it's like, and and it's like that. That it's like, I don't think it needs to be quite like that. Like, I don't think it should. Like, I, no, how, I agree. How sustainable is that, <laughs> right? And and like, even if you're starting, if even if you're bootstrapping something from nothing, mm-hmm. how like, where's the whole life? You know, where's your, where's the, where's the, you know. Family, friends, like no, you have to be able to, and I, I'm sure there are outliers to that. But I'm no, gonna... no, I agree, and I some of this comes from the fact that I work with a lot of campaign people. Okay, and, sure, and campaign people are <laughs> lunatics. Like they, especially in the in the final days of a campaign, like once we get to October of this year, right? Most of the people that I know will be <laughs> insane, right? Like just spiralized loony, and some of that is the nature of campaigns. But again, it's like some people fetishize like, oh, I worked 80 hours this week or, you know, it was a hundred hour work week. It's like, tell me more. It's like, oh God, he's working so hard. Sure. Um, and yeah, you're right. There's people who really sort of get off on that and I don't relate to it. Well, but, but I also think like, like, I also think that, you know, to use your example of campaigns, like that draws a particular. Yes. Personality. Yeah, not to say that that's good or bad, or it, I think it just is what it is. No, they and self-select. You're, you're not yeah, exactly. You're not going to be doing that if you don't enjoy it, or if you don't enjoy the sadomasochism or whatever. Right, right. The, the insanity of the it. Insanity. Of like it. so. I, yeah, I've worked on campaigns before. I was on the ground in California doing this one, and everyone was working like 18 hours a day. Right. We're okay. all just in this office. There were a bunch of lobbyists that would bring in, you know, food and beer and kept everyone fed and hydrated and kind of half in the bag. And it was really, really fun. But I go, there's no way I could do this for more than a week. Like, yeah. And I was in my 20s, too. And so, like, there's something that's a draw about that lifestyle that if you're doing it long term, man, that's that that's just not me. Well, I I think it's it's it's. I think it's akin to there's a big difference between visiting the Las Vegas Strip and living on the Las Vegas Strip, <laughs> right? I mean, it's right. <laughs> yeah, after the third day, you're like, okay, you know what? I'm I'm reevaluating my life choices. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna sit down quietly for a little while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. Um, okay, so you've been doing this for you 14 years, 16 years, 16 years, 16 years. And you recently stepped away from day to day. I did. What ultimately led to that decision? You know, one of the things that I am really like starting to embrace is like this, just being honest, uh-huh. right? Like being honest with yourself and being honest with your coworkers and being on just, just in general. Right. And, and like, honestly, when I look at my skill set, like, like, I mean, this is a lovely organization. This is a great company. These are yeah. exemplary people, but, when it's just one person who's like my skill set is not running an organization. My skill set is, man, I will dial the technology in. Mm-hmm. But like, we don't need more head nerds, right? We need right. we need more people to like take care of. Like, how do you just streamline, right? And how do you like when when you're saying like working for yourself mm-hmm. right that you have more efficient work days and it's cuz you can kind of cut out the the bs right mm-hmm. you can say you know what it is that needs to be done right and it's like yeah. the the skill set that it takes to do that i think for an organization of 30 to 50 to 100 yeah. is not hey let me let me configure some routers or let me set up some cloud <laughs> services for you right right and and so it was it was really and and i think as an owner 
it's really a testament to the, the people that we have here of our, you know, our, our, our GM and our COO and our ops and our, our just, just the, the engineering talent to be able to say, Hey guys, I'm not going to agree with every choice that you make, but go ahead and make them yeah. right. And, and let me know how we're doing. It, it's just been a very different experience and I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I hate to say it, but I think everybody is happier. I think I think the employees are happier that the because you know at some point it's like you own a company. It's like well, it's one thing what your manager is saying, but what does the owner think? So you get this oh, kind of like sure, dichotomy yeah. of like, well, who who am I trying to please? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like you're a child of divorce. Yeah. <laughs> well, mom said, <laughs> yeah. And and that's the thing that's I think surprised me the most is I think that everybody like you know I you put out some or I put out some post on LinkedIn. It was like oh you know and everybody in this business they like you know they're. You get a little bit of gossip. What's going on? I heard you were moving uh-huh. to, you know, Swaziland or something like that. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm just going to go work on what's next, and this will be fine and thrive. And and since I've left in like four months of, and like when I say leave, I'm just not in here every day. But yeah. in four months, it's like they're killing it. It's like, <laughs> all right, well, I think that was the right choice. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that's exciting. You know, it's it, and it's almost like your child has grown up and gone to college. Right. Well, it, it, Justin, uh, our uh, well, you know Justin, our COO. Yeah, yeah. He 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 told me one day it was it was it was sort of humbling. Uh, he goes, <laughs> you know, this company's your baby, but I have something to tell you. He goes, your baby's old. <laughs> it's like you're right. It's kind of not a baby anymore. And yeah. It's like you know, a, a teenager needs very different care and feeding than a than a you know something that you're just trying to get off the ground. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting um, thinking about. The, the skill set that you need to manage a business, you know, understanding workflows and setting up reporting structures and, you know, what makes sense to get the most out of everyone and help everyone feel fulfilled in the roles that they have. That, uh, you as a technology guy, like, who teaches you to do that, right? And I mean, I know you do some of this in business school, but so much of that is focused on like numbers and actual like raw skills as, as a business owner, right? And and I don't know about large business. I don't know about medium sized business. I kind of know about my small business. Yeah, of course. But I believe like, like, you know, before I did this, I was a consultant, right? And that was lovely. I mean, it was, I traveled and uh-huh. consulted and whatever, but it's like, what, what drove you nuts or what drove me nuts was the inefficiencies. I mean, to your point, like nobody, I don't care where you are or what you do. Nobody likes their time being wasted. No. Right. And as an organization evolves and grows, there is a certain amount of overhead that is going to show up because you can't just, you know, if, if, if you had nine people working for this podcast, you just can't micromanage everything, right? You have to have some sort of process to assume that, you know, people are doing what they're supposed to do. And that's going to inject some overhead. But it's like, how do you make that as painless as possible? So it doesn't feel like for the employees and the people that are actually doing the work that their time is wasted because I yeah. think that's what drives people nuts is when it's like, oh, you know, I got to do this BS again. Yeah. So let's not even bother. Does that make sense? Oh, of course. I mean, I think about when I was working for my big company that, you know, what is that? 2000 worldwide employees? Sure. Something like that. And that's plenty. But I'd get on these calls and I just have to explain the same thing to different people again right. and again and again. Right. And I get why that happened. And, you know, I always liken working for a big company. If there's going to be change happening, it's like uh, changing course of an ocean liner, right? It turns very, very slowly. Yeah. It's going to take like a quarter of a mile to even turn like, you know, 10 degrees. Yeah. <clears throat> and so being there, you'll end up doing that. And meanwhile, you see your job in front of you. And my job was community relations in, 
in Colorado. And I'd look at that and I'd go, I know exactly how to do this. Like, and I can go do this. I can get this done in a fraction of the you'd, time. You'd sleep through it. <laughs> right. Um, except I have to sit on conference calls so much of the day. Right. Like just talking about stuff that doesn't even necessarily concern me. But again, it's part of the reporting structure. How do the people on top of 2000 people stay up to date on what's going on? And so like, that rhythm, some people are much more attuned to it. Not me. I like, I, I start to get nervous if I'm not delivering work product. And when you're in a corporate job, you're not delivering a ton of work product. You're pawning that off onto other consultants. So understanding like what your quality of work delivery is and like the organization that you fit into it. Like if you can figure that out early in your career, yeah. like, and then, and then work to go find an organization where it's like, Hey, I can actually make a difference. I mean, cause there are a lot, there are, there are some people and, and, and this may come across as like negative, but I don't think it is. It's like, there's some people that want to go to work, do a job, whatever that is and leave. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's fine. Yeah. They don't want it to be their entire lives. Like. It, exactly. And, and you know, there, there may be like very little, you know, some people really want to continue to push the needle on, you know, where are they and what are they doing? Other people just don't have the interest in that. And I think it like, I think that there are spots for both ends of the spectrum. I, right? I mean, you have to because you, you know, going back to the you know two thousand or sixty thousand, you you can't you can't have an organization of nothing but like hard charging driver <laughs> like you know you talk about talk about that, that, going back to campaigns right I mean just yeah you get a lot of alpha types in there <laughs> right it's like oh right. you, there needs to be that yin and the yang totally and there needs to be those disparate viewpoints and the disparate work styles and you kind of need to like you know 70% for 70% you know I'm, I'm, I'm making 70% of people happy with 70% of the stuff I'm doing and like I don't think that's bad and if you can get it to 80 80 <laughs> you're killing it <laughs> you're crushing it you know you you are you know you should be writing books totally <laughs> well speaking of that I mean you said the sooner you can figure that out early in your career, the happier you'll be. And I think you're absolutely right. Some of that's going to be trial and error, though. And that's going to be hard. Oh, the lessons you learn the best are the ones you learn the hardest. Oh, I mean, yeah. There is no, there is no substitute for just a, you know, a, 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 a you know, a, a, a swift kick and, 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 yeah, and a real crappy gig. Yeah. Because you appreciate, I mean, I've always said I've learned more from the, from the bad managers that I've had than the good ones. <laughs> See that I I have a problem with authority. <laughs> so um and I realized at some point that my problem with all my bosses was not them necessarily. Necessarily. Most of it was me just like struggling against the bounds of how I felt in this organization. Now I have a lot of clients, so I got a lot of bosses. Sure. That works well for me for whatever reason. Better than me reporting to one person. Well, and 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 uh, like it's it's almost like that you know, I, I believe, and this doesn't really happen, but like, I, th- I think that you should have to like take a personality test when you, when you start a new job. Yeah. And, and not some only, places do that. And, and not only like your personality, but the organization's personality, mm. right? Because like, like that was also one of the things I never really understood is, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, this is not like, you know, 24 it, seven. It's not there. Are, we have plenty of things that we need to work on that we are working on, right? I mean, it's not some utopian, right? You know, right. We're not Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. It's not Nirvana. Right. We, you know, we're at least trying, but it's like, it's like, I never understood, uh, you know, when you sit down with for somebody for a job interview. Well, tell me what you like about your job or tell me why I should work here. Oh, everything's great. Everything's phenomenal. You know, unicorn farts. And, and yeah. you know, like, 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 it's like, I'm sorry, but within 48 hours, everybody's going to know exactly what's up. Totally. Right? And so, number one, don't misrepresent. And number two, don't lie to people about what they're going to be doing. And, and sure, things change and, you know, whatever. But you're going back to that honesty thing. 
like be honest with people yeah. and like say, hey man, John, I'm sorry, this didn't work quite out the quite out the way we thought it would. I need you to do this because of this. And it's like it's amazing what just that like communication will do for people. Mm-hmm. And I read something. I was talking to some guy that was saying it was like in a business, if you think you're communicating enough, you're failing miserably. <laughs> and if you think you're way over communicating, you might just be doing the bare minimum. Yeah. And it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, how do you do that in two thousand or sixty thousand? I don't know, man. How it's, do you do it in fifty? You know, we had at at that company, we had something like eight hundred in Denver. I may be overshooting, sure, but it got to the point where I got really tight with our like our head guy, our EVP uh-huh. over the region, and he like I figured out his voice and I could write for him. So he would always want to like communicate to the employees, and I'd write it first. And so because he kind of liked the rhythm of that, he started doing it more. And all the employees are like, this is great. We're hearing from this guy all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, how about that? Like, PR actually works. (laughs) People, and once again, it can't be, it can't be disingenuous. No. It can't be, you know, coded in BS. Because I think people can smell that a mile away. Oh, easily. Right. And, and. Like spend a little bit of the effort that you spend on on the BS and just actually work on moving that needle, and it's amazing. Right. Well, you have kids. <laughs> oh yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It's like you know when your kids lie to you, oh, and you're like, how much effort did it take you yeah. to construct this lie when it would have just, just tell been, me you ate the cookies? <laughs> it would have been easier if you just did the thing that you avoided doing, sure, and then sure. created this whole like fictional fairy tale yeah. about what happened that prevented you from doing this. Yep. Like your effort, you know, sort of calculus here is all wrong. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of organizations do that. Like, oh, how do we, how do we obfuscate this? How do we spin it? And I get that all the time. Like, of course. Oh, yeah. Do you do, you, do, you know, do you do spin? I'm like, look, if, if you're interested in lying to your consumers or lying to your employees, I don't want to work with you. Like that, I, I'm, I'm not here. Like, I don't have the kind of patience for that. I have to go so, home at night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also like, what, what a dumb Sisyphean task. So in terms of like what you like to do, so you recently stepped away as, you know, day-to-day leadership in this company. Where are you happiest? Like what kind of work are you doing where you look back on it and you go, today was a good day? No, man. So, so it's, it's been, so I spent basically 15 years, right? In addition to kind of like, you know, working on the business stuff for clients, it's, you know, my skill set is saying, Hey, you need this particular technology solution to solve your business needs. Okay. But the way that the industry has changed, and I, I think that this really has to do with, organizations that are under 2500 employees right so not small right what 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 has happened is like this this sort of like constant machine of like buy something buy something buy something just cuz you buy technology doesn't mean you have it and doesn't mean you're leveraging it right like buying it is the easiest part sure okay and so you're in these organizations or we we go to these organizations that have incurred what we call technical debt Right, where it's just like, hey, you've bought all this stuff or you've got all these things and it just is, it's a drag, right? And it may not even be money, it may be time or business agility, right? So my thought process is changing to where it's like, okay, if I have to be a people business, right, where it's like the only way that we're going to be successful is by having the smartest butts in the, in the right seats, then we need to recognize that. But that doesn't scale because then all I'm looking for is really smart people that can sit. And, right. The, the, the people that I think are really smart in this industry have a lot of experience, right? Which you can't teach. You can't teach experience. Yeah. So my focus is like, how do we leverage the people that have been doing this for a long time that understand that? Number one is like, how do we quantify that? And then two, like, how do we make it reproducible to where we can say, 
All right, let's go to an organization and say, when, when, when you want to deploy a new network, right? Like SD-WAN, software to find everything is big, right? Okay. We go to an organization. I don't know what any of that means, by the way. So, so basically, like the old way of doing it, right? And the old school was you buy routers and you plug your circuits into routers and you connect everything and you have the nerds and the fleet of the the fleet of nerds configure everything for you and then yeah. you, you know you you pay them when it goes wrong. Well, the the problem is, is all this software defined stuff is coming out because there aren't any people that want to. Nobody's nobody thinks this is interesting anymore. People want to uh. go into stuff like people want apps. Right. Right. Apps are sexy. You yeah. know, infrastructure, not sexy, right? No. And so, so it's like, if I can go pick a sexy career or a not sexy career, what am I going to go pick? I want to be a data scientist, uh. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't want to deal with routers. Sure. So, so the, these, these, the, the manufacturers are scared, right? That their market shares are eroding because, you know, cloud and whatnot. Yeah. And so organizations are, are now being able to like leverage technology by, by buying these things that have all of these smarts baked into them. Mm. Right. So so my to answer with a very long answer mm. to a very sort of short question is like, how do you level the playing field between a small credit union and Walmart to where they're getting mm. the same thing at a proportional cost? Mm. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. So it, it would be like, you know, if, if, if you have 10 offices, right, for your for your media empire. <laughs> right. Why should you get an inferior product just because you're smaller? Right. Right. And and that's the thing. So so with technology it's if we can almost bake into that intelligence of you know, hey, here are all the things that, that this thing is capable of and you just get them. Yeah. That's where I'm I'm focused on. And the other piece though is like of the of the IT kind of world, technology is only one of the legs. Right? It's, it, the other is the people in process. And so it's like if 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 the people don't understand like what's needed for them to be successful or what process they need to be successful. Once again, buying it's the easiest part. Yeah. If you don't have the stuff that's needed to be successful around it, well then why bother? Why <laughs> why finish things that you're not going to or why start things that you're not going to even finish? <laughs> right. And so it's just kind of a different it's a different talk track and a different sort of mentality of like I should be able to go to our our teams and say I need to do the same thing the same way 5 million times. And they should be like, yeah, no problem, as opposed to needing 50,000 people to do it 5 million times. Right. That's the big difference. Okay. What drew you to this industry initially? Because the way you talk about this, the way you talk about people intersecting with tech, you know, technology solutions and infrastructure to help them do what they want to do and do it most efficiently, mm -hmm. what ultimately drew you to this? Like, Why this particular field? Uh, I, I think that this is kind of what I've always done. Right. And it's, okay. it's been this interesting little I, 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 we have provided and continue to provide the, the, the plumbing for sort of all of those <laughs> sexy things, you know, like being a data scientist. Right. It's like if you yeah. don't have that infrastructure, the you know, it's like it's like it's like new highway. Right. Or, you know, nobody ever nobody ever notices that the, that the roads new. They only notice it when it, there's potholes and it's sure. all closed down. Right. And, the, and that's what we are in the road construction business. Right. It's not sexy. What's sexy? Bridges. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but like I, I really think that the like what drew me to this is it, it's kind of the linchpin of every. I mean, you, you, you have to have this. Right. And, you know, whether you're using. You know, Google or whether you're using Microsoft or whether you have your own stuff or whatever, it, it all, you know, is so dependent on this. And that's why I like it is, is it, it truly empowers businesses in a way that, like, I don't think that 
It's so achievable now for, for these organizations, people and organizations to be able to do this stuff in a way that it's never been before. Mm. Does that make sense? I think it does. When, uh, when you got into this, um, early, I mean, this was what, early 2000s? Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay, perfect. I remember back then, PR firms would add on a service. They would have a special thing on their website. You know, it would be like media relations, sure. stakeholder outreach. One of them at the time was websites. Oh, yeah. Right? And when I started uh, in PR, like an add-on sort of uh, specialty was social media, right? Uh-huh. Social media strategy. Now, those things are all just folded under. Like, th- those are almost prerequisites for uh, doing any kind of communication in the public sphere. Yep. What I'm interested in is 20 years ago when you started this, how different did your, did sort of the, the work on the ground, the things that you, you know, would do tactically, how are they different then versus now? And you may have answered this already with the cloud, but it comes down to like back then there was, there weren't very many books on it and there wasn't a YouTube video on how to do everything. <laughs> that is remarkable, isn't it? It, it is, <laughs> right? Like I, who are these people? Like, especially, like, I had the right click broken on my, uh, like, that, like, it just, the menu wouldn't come up, right? Sure. So I YouTubed it, and this guy, like, showed me the menu where I can go and fix, and I fixed it. And I'm like, wow, this is a weird time we live in. It's magic. Yeah. It is truly magic. It, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, but there wasn't any of that then, right? right? And, and it was, it was. Okay, wait a minute. Weird question. Did that give you more cachet as a professional because you like sort of knew how this stuff worked? And I remember, so like Jamie, we, we brought him up. He built the alienware thing himself. Yeah. We would call him over to like install CD burners, like for my girlfriend and stuff. Sure. You know? So like, did that carry more cachet for you back then versus now? Oh, I think so. Yeah, most definitely. And, and I think that that's how, I mean, I think we talked about this earlier, but that's how the industry's changed a lot, right? Like the nerds in the room, that used to be the, the, the secret sauce for a lot of organizations, right? You needed right. to have, you needed to have that. The and best nerds. The best nerds. And, and now, and, and I say that very proudly as a nerd. I mean, I don't, yeah, get, no. don't get me wrong. No, your credentials here are unimpeachable. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the, it, now it's like, Unless you're in the business of nerding, that like you 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 can't do it. Like you don't have time to figure it right. out. And I think that that's the big thing. That that's the big difference is the expectation is no, it's just taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's no time to figure it out. Right. Right. Because you know if, if you get hired as the up and coming nerd, like your your value to an organization is not what you do to set up a, a, a router mm-hmm. or a WAN. Your value to the organization is. If, if it's a credit union, how are you making it more, you know, how are you, how are you improving member value? Yeah. Or if you are a manufacturing, it's how are you, Im- like it has to totally. tie to the business. And before it never did. Okay. Before it just sort of existed almost in its own silo. Most definitely. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. No. And so now you're more fully integrated with the rest of the business team. Fascinating. Well, I think that that's, that's the, that's the pivot that the industry, I don't think it's, it's happened, but I think it's happening. Okay. Right. Like we talk a lot about like the evolution of IT. Right. And, and back way, way back when it was like, let's keep green lights green. Is it working? Great. You're doing a great job. <laughs> like now I think the expectation is, is that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. So if you're not focusing on driving like business value. Right. And, and like aligning IT to what the business is doing, you're going to be, you know, eventually, you know, the, the business is going to be like, well, where do I get that value? Right. And I think I think that people that have been in these legacy, you know, that have been in this business for a while. They need to realize that it's time to like update their skill set and continue to say, hey, if you can't map what you're doing to something that the business is, 
you, you, you need to start adjusting your mindset to do that. Yeah, understood. All right, now that you are living this sort of more bohemian existence. Yes, yes. <laughs> what's, uh, what's next for you? Uh, like, what's on the horizon? What are you looking forward to? So a couple of things. I, I, I think that there is a, especially in our business, there is a people want things quickly and mm-hmm. they want it done right. I mean, you know that when you click, net, you know, you pay fourteen ninety five a month for Netflix, you know that when you go scroll through and you press the play button, it's there. Yeah. Right? That is, and same thing with Amazon, right? When you click buy it now, you will have it that day, the next day, or worst case, two days later, right? right? Like it's just give me. And so, so for me, my next, my, my kind of focus is how do we bring that level of operational rigor hmm. into this business, right? To where the solutions that we provide, right? It's, it's, it's almost like at some point, you know, if you, if you have a fleet of old cars, mm-hmm. right, is it worth continually fixing and maintaining or is it is it just is it worth it to you know get a new one yeah and so that's from an it perspective that's what i'm really diving into is is how do you like at some point the box doesn't make a difference right (laughs) it's all the things that go into the box that does and if we can get that on rails right then that means we just drive costs down Mm -hmm. right we it's easier to support it's just going to work better it's you know it's limiting choices Stop giving people a menu of 5,000 technology choices, right? Yeah. If you need one of the, you know, one of the other, like, let, let's do five, right? If you need one of the other 4,995, we're probably not the firm for you, <laughs> right? Because right? then you can afford to go hire a bunch of people to do. So that, that's really, I mean, it's not very specific, but, but that's kind of my, my, I think people are done, like, it's just sort of like these endless choices and endless, it's just kind of this endless cycle. <laughs> right. And I think people are just kind of sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's probably accurate. Okay. Now's the time on the show when we do plugs. Okay. So um, you want to plug 24-7 Networks, anything personally you want to plug, whatever it is, now's the time to do it. You know, I, I think that uh, from a 24-7 perspective, I think that there are a lot of organizations out there that I think people just feel like they're just tired of, I've got this quote, should I buy this? And it's like, you know, uh, I, I would say that the value to us is, not only do we understand the technology, but we also understand the people in the process. We're not afraid to tell you no. We're not afraid to give you an honest opinion. It's kind of that, that fearless piece. And, mm-hmm. and there are some organizations that works really well for, and there are some organizations it doesn't work well at all for. And that's great. It's, totally. It's, please let's. And, and, and I would say if we, if we can help with you know cloud or infrastructure, look us up. Give yeah. us a shout. Where do you find that on the web? www.247networks.com. All right, perfect. Liam, this was an enormous pleasure. I always love getting to sit down and talk with you, and I wish you and 247 Networks continued success, my man. Thanks, John, man. I really appreciate it. And that's a wrap on episode 240 of the John of All Trades podcast. Thank you to Liam Keegan for coming on my show, telling me all about your business, telling me about the evolution of IT and what you see coming down the horizon. You can find links to 24-7 Networks in the show notes, also on the companion blog piece that runs on johnofalltrades.us. That's J-O-N of alltrades.us. I mentioned the show notes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or a billion other podcatchers that are out there, we thank you. Hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to your listening device on whatever platform you're listening on. And if you'd be so kind, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Those things help John of All Trades grow in the future. I've been at this for almost six years, and that fact is staggering to me. You can keep up with me on social media. The handle's the same across platforms, J-O-A-T-Pod. 
Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. The big ones there are probably Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, if you want to catch the first job series, which drops on Mondays, that's the only place I promote it outside of the podcatcher. If you're into adorable cat photos, go to Instagram. I use the hashtag worst coworker ever. I work from home. I typically have some meowing jerk face up in my business every single day. So you'll get photos of really cute cats with super mean captions. It's all in good fun. I'm back here next week with a brand new episode. I cannot wait to bring it to you. Looking like it might be a solo app because we got to catch up on a few things. But that isn't for sure yet. Whatever the case, can't wait to hear you back here again. And until I do, say goodnight, Tracy. That's good, Johnny.